What's up, folks? Welcome back inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. That is Tim May, the 40-year vet. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Let's do a practice report presented by, driven by, Buyers Auto, the best place to buy a new or used auto in Columbus, Ohio, and Central Ohio, Tim. Uh, shall we? I'm ready, willing, and able. All right, let's talk. Uh, okay, so a couple safeties met with on the field out here after practice, Tim. Uh, Ronnie Hickman, we talked to Josh Proctor. Uh, we talked to some corners, uh, not Denzel Burker, Cameron Brown. We talked to J.K. Johnson and Jair Brown. Uh, then we also had Matthew Jones, a lot of guys to talk to, Tim. Uh, bottom line is a lot of talent on the field tonight, a lot of folks to talk to, a lot of information to soak up. What did you learn? Well, number one, we talked to the starting, uh, we talked to two of the three starting uh, safeties and we talked to the two starting cornerbacks from, from last week. That's number one, which is interesting to get a, you know, a pure freshman out here and Jair Brown. But uh, as, I, as I asked JK, uh, JK as, as, as the, uh, conversation was going on with everybody so uh, do you think you're going to start this week and he wasn't you know sure i said have you been working with the ones he got a big smile on his face yes <laughs> so you know who knows that's going to be an interesting deal because i'm sure they're going to put that off until at least maybe friday because like we talked about with denzel burke whatever happened with his hand he had surgery on it last week and there was a chance he was going to play with a club on he had club that is, club on. club is the wrong term big pad on uh probably use it as a club uh but <laughs> but the bottom line was he kind of finally, finally got ruled out because i mean why you know you could just you know you could, you could just see where that could go right uh but now you've got two guys who have started and i in my opinion and even in uh the opinion of ryan day and uh, tim walton they played well last week they did even that one pass you heard me get clarification from tim walton about that one pass down the down the right sideline there before halftime just before halftime J.K. Johnson was over there, uh, but he was dropped into a zone, and that guy kind of didn't check up like everybody thought he would. The, the receiver ran down the sideline, and Wisconsin took a shot. You know, lo and behold, here comes uh, Tanner McAllister, almost out of uh, talk about uh, almost out of nowhere, and breaks the ball. One of the great plays you've ever seen. Even uh, Ronnie Rocket Hickman Hickman was talking about it a little while ago about what a fantastic play that was, and he's right. That kept uh, Wisconsin from having any hope. Really, when you look at it, absolutely uh, the rest of that game. So uh, that's kind of what you learned is I think confidence is high in these two young corners, and uh, and uh, Ronnie Hickman and Josh Proctor, or as uh, I think it was J.K. Johnson referred to him. Uh, no, maybe it was Jair Brown, but anyway, no, Josh Josh Proctor or Jair Brown referred to him as Proc and Rock, Proc and Rocket. I went a long way. If that was a a, a comedy routine, I just screwed it all up. But Proc and the Rocket, I go man. Talk about putting them in your pocket. Well, we're absolutely not a comedy routine, Tim. I no, I wasn't on that one. That. that was a bumbling, stumbling, <laughs> rumbling. Maybe the Friday video of old predictions with Ford Allens might be a comedy video, but this one certainly is. This is a practice report presented by Buyers Auto. Uh, and what I learned, Tim, as I talked to Teron Vincent, uh, one of the, the stars of the night out here, uh, defensive tackle, senior, a uh, guy who's been through uh, the ringer to get to where he's at now. Mm. Teron Vincent is playing at a level I don't think a lot of people really recognize. Um, I think one of the things that's, that's happened to Teron is Mike Hall is so quick and off the ball and he gets to the backfield. He's about a half step quicker than Teron Vincent is when it comes to making a play. And so Mike Hall will make the play, but if you watch every play that Mike Hall's in on, Teron Vincent's only about a half a step behind him. And if Mike Hall didn't make the play, Teron would have. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, tackles for loss and sacks aren't always telling the entire story. And Teron Vincent's playing at an extremely high level right now, folks. And you know, I, I continue to be impressed with his with his play. He's finally healthy for a long period of time. He's finally settling into a role, which he couldn't do because of those health issues for the last few years. 
and uh, you're seeing the the fruits of that labor that he's put in the last few years now start to shine. And in a defensive line with all those stars and all the guys who everyone wants to talk about, uh, I asked her on plain and simple, you know, do you like being a little bit of a you know underrated, under talk, you know, not talked about, uh, you know, kind of. Uh, you know, in the weeds kind of guy. And he said, absolutely. Yeah, I just go out there and do my job. And, and it, it says a lot about a senior who could be asking for the limelight to, to be that way and be a little selfless uh, yeah. through four games for the Buckeyes. Yeah, and I asked him also if, uh, you know, uh, his, what, did his dad do much talking after the game? And he said no, because, you know, his dad, Troy Vincent, was uh, played for the uh, Wisconsin Badgers way back when. I even did a couple stories on him way back when. That's how, that's how long I've been around. Four-year uh, vet? And... Uh, Bottom line was he goes, no, he didn't do, you know, he pretty much kept it, kept quiet uh, because we all saw that video that uh, his dad posted uh, the day before the game wearing a jersey that was cut down the middle, half and half Buckeyes, half Wisconsin. But you could tell that his sentiments, his sentiment was with Wisconsin because that's where he bled. That's where he dropped blood was on, on that field up there and stuff. But uh, it's really cool to see him, the way he's progressed to Ron Vincent this year, feeling totally healthy now, just what a different player he is. And on top of that, you know, fans have to keep in mind, when you're watching defensive line play, from one play to the next, and I was asking Teron about this too, from one play to the next, Teron Vincent may have one gap responsibility, which means he can just get into that gap and go. Mm -hmm. And he also, the next play may have two gap responsibility, which means he's basically trying to create a stalemate with the guy, with the offensive lineman in front of him and yep. playing the gap on either side of him. In other words, he's responsible for those two gaps. And those things can change from play to play, uh, et cetera. And it's, so you can't necessarily judge players just on what, you know, the production is showing. And like he was talking about, uh, his play has helped, and everybody can see it, has helped spring one of the really rocket ship, uh, uh, rocket ship stories this year in Tommy Eichenberg. Yeah. Has really helped uh, spring him, uh, kept, kept guys off of him, et cetera. You know, he's what, he's, he's leading the team in tackles. And like the other night, I think he had 14 against Wisconsin. And Teron uh, basically said he think he helped him with 11 of those. And I said, yeah, too bad this isn't like hockey where you get a, you know, you get an assist. But, uh, but yes, I think Teron is playing finally on a level that's big time that uh, goes along with that uh, high uh, recruiting ranking he had coming in years ago. So, Tim, I've, here's a question for you and, uh, and just a quick answer. One, one more to answer here. Which line is playing with more confidence right now? This defensive line or the offensive line Matt Jones was talking about over here in the middle? Uh, you know, as, as they've not allowed a sack in the last two games, didn't allow a tackle for loss against a Wisconsin team that hangs its hat on doing so. Which of those lines is playing better right now? Well, number one, the premise is a one-word answer, but is defensive line or offensive line? That's two words. Well, Each. a defensive or offensive? I'm going to go with the offensive line only because, oh, that's all I can say. <laughs> you want me because, to explain? Uh, yeah, I was about to ask, why? Uh, I just like the way this group is playing. It's playing exactly like we thought it would mm -hmm. in preseason. Yep. Exactly like we thought it would last spring. It looks like an offensive line when they line up. It looks like they've got two really good guards, Matt Jones and Donovan Jackson. In my mm -hmm. opinion, all Big Ten center and Luke Whipler, maybe even better than that, the way he's playing. And obviously he's been – you know, he's been dealing with a little bit of pain uh, these last several games, uh, one of the, in that uh, uh, ankle area. And then, of course, their two tackles, I think, are getting better by the minute, Dewan Jones and Paris Johnson Jr. I really like the way both of those guys are playing in different ways. Uh, but I keep going back to 74, 
I'm Jackson. I, I just think this guy, by the end of the year, has All-American written on him. If people are really paying attention to guard play, the way he can pull and get to the edge, for example, is is really stunning, and it's uh, it's fun to watch. Let's put it that way. But I think all five of those guys are playing extremely well, and I don't think that's hyperbole. Just look at the total offense. Tim, uh, one of the most interesting storylines of this week has been a lack thereof uh, throughout this week. Now that we're we're done with media for the most part, we've got Ryan Day a little bit on Thursday morning, but. We've talked to Ryan Day, we talked to Tim Walton, the cornerbacks coach. We talked to Mitch Rossi, the fullback, who's a team first guy, we all know that. We talked to a lot of guys out here tonight, not mentioning Rutgers, and, oh. and not much, unless they're okay. asked about it. Because, yeah, I asked about it. But. So if you ask what sticks out about Rutgers, they all have something to say, they all have very nice things to say. I think a lot of these guys respect Greg Schiano because a lot of these guys were recruited by Greg Schiano to be here. Uh, when you talk about Ronnie Hickman, you talk about uh, you know, Josh, jo Proctor. Josh Proctor, both of those guys were recruited. Uh, Teron Vincent was on the roster when we talked to him tonight when Greg Shiano was here for a year. So there's a lot of respect there, and they're willing to say good things about Rutgers. But at the same time, this team is so focused on itself. <coughs> Last year, when they would focus on opponents, the Oregon game, talk about the Michigan game, uh, you know, getting beyond themselves a little bit, I think, uh, now that we're beyond that point, we kind of reflect on that a little bit. This team this year is absolutely drilled in on one subject and one subject only, themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that says a lot about a unit and a group and a club that comes into the year with such high expectations and can set those expectations to the side to know we need to be better for ourselves, not for the rankings, not for the standings, not for anything else, ourselves. And I think that the lack of the Rutgers storyline this week, it was a little bit with Wisconsin last week, they were focusing on themselves. The lack of talking about Rutgers this week really is starting to speak to me that this team is focused on one thing, one thing only. Well, yeah, but you know what? These guys answer questions they're asked. They're I not understand gonna, that. They're not going to come out here and start preaching about Rutgers. I'm going to tell you something. Rutgers has improved even from last year. They know it. They know that this team plays very tough defensively. It's very sound defensively. Watch them. That doesn't mean you're going to make every play because they're still like, as uh, Greg, Schiano, Greg Schiano pointed out after the game last week, uh, that uh, against Iowa, I mean, golly, they gave Iowa two touchdowns with their passing game. I mean, two pick sixes. <laughs> Otherwise, it's almost a stalemate. Of course, going against Iowa, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that later. My point <laughs> is, uh, yes, offensively, they got a ways to go to really get the uh, to really get the skill people involved and even up on the line to a certain extent to get the guys they want. With that, with that said, Greg Schiano and his staff are doing a really good job of trying to rob Peter to pay Paul with trick plays, uh, misdirection, uh, just uh, an overload in the middle of the field on the left side of the line or right side of the line. Just they're trying to find these little ways uh, to give themselves some kind of an edge. And that's what, you know, Ronnie Hickman was talking about that when I was asking about it. And Josh Proctor said the same thing. Uh, you know, this is a team you've got to have, got to keep your eyes wide open every play. Yep. Because, you know, a quick touchdown here and a quick touchdown there, and suddenly you got yourself a game that you weren't expecting. With that said also, the defense has made teams have to resort almost to big plays. Uh, the Rutgers defense so far, I think this defense is, is is much improved compared to three years ago. I think anybody can see that. Am I picking Rutgers to win? No, but I am asking about them only because it's curious. This is the kind of game where you may be concentrating on yourself, but concentrating on yourself when you're looking in the mirror too much can take you out of the ball. And uh, I think Greg Schiano is probably counting on that a little bit. But uh, no, nobody's picking Rutgers to win this game, but it could be a tougher, at least at the beginning, could be tougher than you think. 
Yeah, Rutgers was Because they have been competitive. Yeah. Yeah, Rutgers was not a very good football team last year and gave Michigan everything they wanted up in the big house in a twenty to thirteen Correct. in a twenty to thirteen game that Michigan ended up winning. So it's not like Ohio State can just sleepwalk into this game, but also, you know, the Buckeyes know the talent they have on this roster and Josh Proctor had a pretty good quote. He said Greg Shiano recruits dogs. They're tenacious. They they don't quit. That's dogs with a D A W G S. Dogs. Get after it. How about them dogs? <laughs> well, we're talking about the Bucks, not tenacious the Tenacious D. We're talking about the Bucks, not the dogs. The dogs are down in the south. That's the number one team in the country. This apparently is the number three team in the country, Tim, but I see it as right now the number two team in the country. That's a story for another time, I guess. Yeah. Ohio State will put that undefeated record, that number three ranking on the line Saturday at 3.30 in the horseshoe against Rutgers for the homecoming game. If you're coming down to the stadium, it's the homecoming game, the 100-year celebration of the horseshoe. But for now, it's only Wednesday. There's a lot more preparation to go as Tim and I break this down for lettermonroe.com again. That's the 40-year vet, Tim May. I am just Spencer Holbrook, the four-year guy here in the program. And, yeah, from the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, we'll see you guys on Saturday inside the Horseshoe for Ohio State and Rutgers.